Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to Great Questions, Great Conversations. My name is Mike Westendorf. I am the host, and with me is our regular guest, Pastor Pete Panitsky. Good morning, Pastor Pete. Good morning, Mike, and all of our listeners. Yeah, uh, we have been over the last four weeks kind of on a on a conversation that's been really revolving around things like for, uh, primarily forgiveness and to a lesser extent repentance. We're going to take a break from that uh, today. Hopefully uh, those have been been helpful for our listeners. I know that they've been helpful for me trying to process some of that. You know, what's forgiveness? Yes. I appreciate it, Pastor Bullock's, uh, uh broadcasts. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're, eventually we'll get him back because I thought the one that we wanted to cover later on is forgiveness and reconciliation. Mm -hmm. um, that can be an interesting, uh, an important conversation too. But um, we're going to come back to uh, listener questions today. So Pastor Pete, we received uh, a number of them and we're going to try to tackle a couple of them today. And um, uh, the first one that we're going to hit on was the question of God and the names of God. And so I'm just going to kind of read the question as we received it. So for our listeners, for those of you guys, maybe some of you have had this question too, is God is his actual name. Um, it's to my understanding that he's referred to as Yahweh and other names throughout the Bible, yet we refer to him mostly by what uh, we've been told is a title, God. Um, why do we use that title, God, and not more of an actual name. I thought that's that's a pretty good question because God gets thrown around. Oh my God, uh, mm -hmm. you know, GD, uh, God this and God that. And mm -hmm. eventually you get to the point like, well, why would we call him God all the time? So yeah, good good question. So I don't know yeah. how to start on this, but. I, I like that question too. Uh, so uh, the listener is correct that God is simply a generic term for the divine, right? Um, that, you know, the false gods, like in the Old Testament, Baal and Ashtoreth were called God or goddess. Right. Um, so what that name or what that term means is it, it emphasizes uh, he is uh, powerful, that he is you know, kind of wholly other than us, you know, that, that he is, you know, majestic. And, and so the Bible uses that term for the true God. In fact, in Genesis chapter one, it's just fascinating how the names for God are used uh, in Genesis. In Genesis chapter one, uh, he's always referred to as God. And in Genesis chapter one are the six days of creation, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. God saw that it was good, right? Uh, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Uh, so what uh, the holy writer did, Moses did, is he recorded what God had revealed to him that, you know, he used his almighty power in six days, poof, you know, he speaks the word and it's done. And then in Genesis chapter two, verse four, where really that's, the next chapter your chapter divisions were added later and you know bummer i think the guy got the first chapter division wrong but yeah, right, right. Uh, <laughs> but in genesis chapter 2 verse 4 then it it basically takes uh, an expanded view of the sixth day of creation the creation of mankind mm -hmm. uh 
And there we see God's love in action. <clears throat> so God, you know, forms them from the dust of the ground, you know, so some special care. He breathes into their nostrils the breath of life. He uh, uh, puts them in, you know, in a perfect world. And then he has something even nicer, a garden, the Garden of Eden to put them into a perfect world. Uh, he gives them meaning in life uh, that he, you know, gives them an opportunity to work the ground. Right. Uh, he gives them an opportunity to serve and honor them. You know, just don't eat from the tree. That's really was really an, an opportunity for them to worship. And then he creates family. You know, he creates Adam and Eve, or, you know, Eve from uh, Adam's rib and, you know, Adam's joy as they come together. You know, so you, you just see all of that God's love being poured out. And in Genesis 2, verse 4, he is called Lord, in all capital letters, God. Mm -hmm. And Lord, in all capital letters, is the Hebrew Yahweh or Jehovah. Probably Yahweh is closer to the way it would have been spoken. Um, that name comes from uh, the... Uh, what is a figure of speech? It, it, it's it is it comes from the word I am. So at the, at the burning bush, uh, when Moses uh, sees the Lord, uh, the Lord introduces himself as I am. I am that I am. Uh, and then Yahweh is really he is. So God says about himself, I am. And we say he would say about him, he is that he is, Yahweh. And as you read through the Bible, the the key thought of that would be that he is he is absolutely unchanging and independent in all of his characteristics. But it's especially comforting to think in terms of his love. His love is unchanging and and independent so it's independent god didn't love adam and eve because they did great things hmm. he just loved them and he loved them when he created them and in genesis chapter 3 when they rebel against him he is still the lord god his love for them remains it's not dependent on their actions Mm -hmm. And it is not changing because of their actions. He still loved them and wanted them to return back to him. And, and so the Lord God gave the promise of the Savior. So th those are two key words, you know, God, power, Lord, love, and, and grace, what we would say in the New Testament. You know, you were talking about the idea that God, God is unchanging, you know, and so why why is there such uh, uh, a tension? Because, I mean, if God is love, I mean, God is love, it's, and it's unchanging. And what, but God is one of other his other unchanging attributes is that he's holy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, we don't, you know, really talk about that. Maybe in the same way, like he doesn't he doesn't change his love, and he doesn't change his holiness. Um, he, he can't be what he's not. Um, and because he is holy and because our sin did change us fundamentally um, uh, to the rebellion, if you will, uh, his holiness remains, but then his love remains. And into this tension is Jesus. Right. 
it's the only way that those two be, can really become reconciled once again. And therefore, you always talk about it in your messages, you know, and remind us that the Lord is that picture of the saving God. Right. I, I like to use the term his personal savior name. So it's not not the generic term God. It is his personal name. It's only used of the true God. And it meant it's meant to reassure us he's the savior, even when he acts in judgment. Yeah. Right? right. Because if 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 he knows that rebellion against him means death, a loving God does not say, "Well, go your own way. I really don't care." Right. He will call people to repentance. And so, you know, the judgment uh uh you know, what what we, you know, some of the things that God does, it's like, whoa, he, you know, he is calling people to repentance because he knows that apart from him, it's just death. Yeah. You know, there's that, that Romans, I think of Romans one passage, a picture of that when we live in this constant rebellion, he, he, he finally turns us over to, to that. And I remember being younger and being really afraid, like, does that mean he just doesn't care? Cause I don't know about you. Like for me, there are some circumstances that I get into and I want to love a person well, and inside, I I have to step back, and yet I still care, and it hurts to care. And so, if I want to stop hurting, then part of what I feel like I have to do is say, I don't care. Like I have to care less. Mm-hmm. Is how I feel when I'm running into some of that that pushback. And yet, um, when God is turning us over uh, to our sins, He's saying, if you're going to continue to choose us, I, I I won't stop you. We will we will we will feel the weight of the consequences. Maybe not immediately, but uh, very soon it will weigh on you, and then it will become very obvious. But then God doesn't sit back going, "Well, I told you." But it's just amazing that then immediately His love comes right back in, and and Yahweh, Yahweh, you know. There's a passage in Isaiah. I don't know, can't remember exactly where it is, but uh, uh, in all their distress, He too was distressed. Mm-hmm. Isn't that a neat idea that that our God, yeah, doesn't sit back and is unconcerned? Uh, that when we are distressed, yeah, He's He loves us like a mother. You know, we're we're coming up to Mother's Day, and you'll yeah. hear this right after Mother's Day for the first time. Uh, but uh, it is so true that it's really hard for a mother to be happier than their saddest child. You know, if you're yeah, if one of your kids is going through a tough time, yeah. Uh, if you love your kids, and and God bless moms, they 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 are wired that way. Uh, most of them, uh, and uh, it you know, when your child is distressed, you feel distressed, and that's the way God feels feels about us. He he is this Lord who who, uh, you know. Humanly speaking, he he hurts when we hurt, mm-hmm. you know. And and uh, you know, Hebrews four talks about Jesus uh, is able to sympathize with us because you know uh, when he suffered, he was you know he was tempted just like us. He he suffered. He had to cry out to God, you know, in tears, you know, sweat sweat like drops of blood in Gethsemane. Um, you have a God who understands. And is so 
invested in you. There's my head's going in two different directions. Um, responding to that comment, just then how helpful is it? So we talked about, you know, God, kind of a title, um, Lord, Yahweh, um, the personal this personal savior, a name, the saving God. Um, the, it, it's a term that only the God of the Bible uses, the true God uses. But then, uh, you know, I'm thinking too, hallowed be your name. So we we talk about that these names are really, really, really important. Um, and maybe just talk a little bit about, I'm just thinking of some of the other names, you know, uh, uh, wonderful counselor, mighty God, Prince of Peace, you know, these other other describers, if you will. And I'm I'm kind of wondering, what's the value of those names for us? Um, I would encourage, you know, as you're reading the Bible to be looking for those names and, and just ponder them a little bit. You know, like wonderful. Oh, he's the God who does wonders. He's a counselor. He cares for us. He's mighty God. And and the Hebrew is a little bit more interesting. It's it's the warrior God. Oh, he, he's the one who fights before me, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh he's the everlasting father. He, he you know, he will never forsake us. He cares for us eternally. Uh, Prince of Peace, uh, everything is going to be okay. Shalom, everything is going to be okay. Um, and then there's you know so many others like you know he's my rock, right? Everything else is crumbling. He's my rock. Uh, and then even adding a pronoun, like I just said, he is my rock, mm. or he is my God. Yeah, he is your God. Especially reading, reading in the Old Testament, it's it's interesting. You know, sometimes the speaker will talk about him as my God, Mm -hmm. and sometimes, like when they're talking to Samuel, I'm you know I'm reading right now uh, about you know Saul and and uh, uh, pray to your God. It's like hey, Saul is saying I don't feel like I've got a close relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's your God, but I don't know if he's on my side. You see, that's the comfort of my God and my rock. That God says, I am willing to bind myself to you so that you can call me mine and I will call you yours. Uh, you you can call me, well, you know what I mean, that we, can, we, we belong to each other. Right, right. right. I am yours. You are mine. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and uh, you know, the, just looking through the Bible and seeing how often, my God, your God, our God, uh, it's not like we own Him, but He is on our side. Mm-hmm. The God who created the world, and that's why you know why do we use God? Emphasizes this power and majesty. Um. Almost like king, then you know, like the yeah. way you might think. Yeah, in, in, a, in our culture, we don't think the same way, but we have the fairy tale of picture of a king as the ultimate guy in charge, right? So, right, and you know, the coronation of King Charles uh, this last week certainly uh, emphasizes. Wow, he he lives in a different different realm than I do. You know, a different different status. Our God is is this exalted king 
and yet he is my king. Yeah. Using his power for my benefit. Good. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll take the, the question and, and move it into a, a another direction. The, the value of the name Jesus, you know, that by it, um, was Galatians, I think, that by any other name, um, there's no other name in heaven by which we must be saved. So Philippians, Galatians, did I get that right? Acts 4.12. Oh, it's Acts. I, I, I still can't recite it, but I remember. So this is how I'm, I'm scarred from my confirmation age. Uh, I remember that was one that I didn't memorize. And the pastor, my pastor, whom I love, you know, yeah. uh, now, uh, was like, oh. so I had to write it, I don't know how many different times. <laughs> so I've never memorized remember it. this. Yeah, I've never memorized it. I know where it is, but I've never memorized it. But yeah, I'm neither glad that that happens to you because, man, I, I can't tell you how many times it's like, I should know this one. Like, I always recite it. Where yeah. is it? And even trying to find books in the Bible, like, okay, where is Jude again? So, yeah. And then I get lost. Anyway, sorry, X4. X4 12. I'm going there just so that we have it. Yeah, neither is there salvation in any other name given under heaven by which we must be saved. Right. And, yeah, and and he and he says like uh, in four uh, ten, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. And so, is, is there something about the name of Jesus? You see, you hear a lot of a lot of songwriters today. There's power in the name of Jesus, and we sing Jesus. And, and you know, it's interesting. Um, I I don't remember. It's been years ago that I heard uh, somebody talk about we need to use Jesus' name more. Mm -hmm. That. Uh, Guys especially tend to use, you know, if they're referring to Jesus, they'll use Christ. Yes. Uh, and Jesus is his personal name. Christ is his title. Yeah. We have gotten used to calling him Jesus Christ, but it's really Jesus the Messiah, the Jesus the Anointed One, the one who has been anointed by the Holy Spirit, by God, to carry out our, our saving work. Yeah. But Jesus yeah. is his personal, you know, human name and it can help us you know in our faith be closer to him that you know the name jesus was was a common name back at yeah. that time it, it, yeah. it's joshua in in hebrew right uh the lord saves is what jesus or joshua means right um but just to to claim his humanity and his personal care for us. You know, it's a very comforting to remember that Jesus uh, is truly human as he's hanging on that cross. And he loved somebody like me. You know, and that's where that, oh, and then I'm going to go back to Lord in all capital letters of the Old Testament. If you loved me on Good Friday, you loved me the day that I was baptized. He loves me right now when I don't feel like I'm I'm lovable and he'll love me at the moment I die. Mm. Uh, wow. Uh, 
So, yeah. Uh, it's interesting. It's like Jesus, Jesus, the personal name, the name that brings a closeness. It's his humanity that, you know, like just going back to the Isaiah passage, wonderful counselor, Jesus, the wonderful counselor, Jesus, the Prince of Peace, Jesus, the, um, I always kind of like, like these are all of these names, but, but really they're describing Jesus. And, and yeah, and it's interesting, you, you know, uh, the chosen is a very popular mm-hmm. program uh, among many people, but especially Christians, certainly. Uh, and uh, what the chosen is, you know, the editors and authors of the chosen are trying to do is especially emphasize his humanity. Right. Um, in some movies of the past, Jesus was like this, this detached, you know. Yes. He was the Jesus from the stained glass window in the church. Yeah, don't touch him. You know, over there and a little more holy and yeah. yeah. And 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 uh, I think that's one of the strengths of the chosen uh, is just helping us appreciate his humanity. Um, So God became a human for us, and let us celebrate that. Um, And that that whole idea that that. he cares for us. He cares for us. Uh, so often when we're struggling, we just feel like nobody cares. Right. You know, and, and like you said, sometimes people's problems are so great that you have to say, I need to care less because the burden is too great for me to care. Uh, but Jesus is never that way. He, he is always ready to help us and, and carry the burden with us. Yeah, that's good. This has been this has been helpful to think through uh, the name and what's the proper name. So if you're recapping it, going back to um, to this, just giving a, us the, the snapshot is God is actual name. There's many gods. Um, yeah, God is a, is a is a is a title just like uh, human being is a title for us, right? Mm. He is God. He is wholly separate. He is the Almighty One. And other people believe that other things are gods. Lord is his personal savior name. Whenever you p- can put a uh, my in front of uh, God, you're making you're you're claiming the promise that He has given that that He is on our side. Uh, and then maybe I should just mention that Lord. If it's not in all capital letters, that's a different Hebrew word. And that means more my master. Um, and, and so, uh, you know, the, you know the, the one who, whom I am called to serve. And that's true, too, right? He is my my Lord. He is my the one that, that I want to serve. Um, yeah. And then just, especially in the Psalms, there are so many different names that are you know, good shepherd. Oh, what a marvelous picture that is. And to strive to unpack, the more you read the Bible, to unpack, hmm, what did that conjure up in, in the minds of the first readers? I mean, let's, let's face it. Shepherd doesn't naturally conjure up too many thoughts for us at all because I, I have never shepherded sheep 
I don't know anybody who's been a full-time shepherd, you know, that's kind of far removed from us. So I need to, to think that through or, or uh, he is my rock. He is my hiding place. He is my refuge. Uh, what would that have been like for somebody who, uh, when the Philistines came, you, you ran up into the hills to hide. Ah, mm -hmm. oh, he is, you know, so just a, a name is not just letters, right? A name is everything that I know about a person. So right. when I think of Mike Wessendorf, I don't think of these letters. I think about you and everything I know about you. And the, the, the better I get to know you, the, the, the more I, I see and appreciate about you as a friend. The same is true of our friend Jesus. Let's just try to get to know more and more about him. Uh, so. Good. Well, with that, uh, we'll we'll pivot because um, we we were landing on Jesus. Yeah. So, uh, one of the, the the second question we want to wrestle with a little bit today and just address, and I'll read it out here. So the question is, why doesn't the Jewish religion recognize Jesus? which we've been talking about, this name, his human name, and all the attributes that come with this. And you talk about Jesus Christ. I'm so glad you went there because I, the Christ, the Christ, the Christ, the Christ. It's like, well, that's his position. It's not his name. So can we use his name, please? But because I thought it was his first and last name. I remember being a kid. It's like, what's his first name? Jesus, last name, Christ. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> and it was really confusing when sometimes the, the, the New Testament would invert it, inverts it and says yeah. Christ yeah. Jesus. It's like, Christ Jesus is like, Westendorf Mike, hey, you know what? I think I might make that one of my login names. Uh, <laughs> turns out IT had the same idea. Uh, <laughs> but why does why doesn't the G Jewish religion recognize Jesus as the Messiah? Especially seeing all of God's promises fulfilled in the New Testament, the Jews believed Jesus was a real person, just not the Savior. Is that correct? And also, Jesus was a Jew. This fact has some kind sometimes confused me. So the the question is kind of hinging a little bit on Christianity and and Judaism. Just help help me understand it and why why so many rejected um, can't see it. It happened in their backyard. Uh, you know, and I think that uh, it, it's really a, a such a broad question because. Just like in Christianity, there is a broad spectrum. I mean, uh, there are people who are nominally, you know, uh, they're, they're Christian by culture, mm -hmm. but not really, it doesn't really affect their life. Right. Uh, and then there are very devout Christians. And then there are Christians that go, you know, that I would go, uh, you are misinterpreting so many passages. You are just way out there, right? Uh, that's that's true in the Jewish spectrum as well. Uh, you know, there are certainly just secular Jews. There are Messianic Jews, people who are Jewish who recognize Jesus is the Messiah, the promised Savior. Uh, Always I, I think, you know, to kind of look for the, the happy medium of that, all of that would be, um, that the Jewish faith of Jesus' day, uh, they were not looking for a savior from sin. Uh, they were looking for more like a king like David. And I think for probably most Jews today, it's 
we don't need a Messiah, you know, that that all those prophecies are really just references to the people of Israel, you know, the, the Jews. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, that what God wants is since we can't sacrifice, we 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 serve him as faithfully as we can. And that we are an obedient people. So we don't need a savior. Kind of kind of like the Pharisees, you know. Yeah. They, they didn't need a savior because they were so super obedient. I, I don't think that's too far removed from probably most people who are practicing Jewish today. That's interesting. You know, yeah, you're you're right. I mean, when we read it, you know, they were so concerned. I was just reading it again in Luke, you know, and Jesus heals a, a woman that had a spirit that had her bent down and he heals on the Sabbath day. <laughs> They get mad at him, you know, because like, hey, you could have come here six days a week. You're here on the seventh. You can't do that today. So come back tomorrow and we'll and, and then be healed right. And there's like this this absolute uh, need to obey every minutia of the, the law, most of which they had added on to. And so what they were when they were talking about Messiah. Yeah, this picture of what had been the Old Testament pattern, you know. We have a ruler that helps us stay on something of a straight and narrow, and then the ruler either gets corrupt or he goes away, and then we fall away. And then we cry out to God, and he saves us. But how does he do it? He brings some man, some king, some judge uh, to provide us with stability. And so now into Jesus' day, you have the Roman occupation that's happening here. Um, It's stepping on the religious elite and their power and ability to manipulate things. And so we need a savior from, and so what they were, we're once again looking for an earthly king. And I just, as you were talking, I just, I, I couldn't help but think that this is probably one of the greatest idols that we have in the Christian church is this feeling that our country is not going in the right direction. And we need an earthly king, Christian king. We need a Jesus. We need a Messiah who will make our country on the right path again. Boy, it doesn't sound like the stories are all that dissimilar. Oh boy, this is a minefield. Uh, I know we'll navigate this carefully, but yeah, but but I I think you are right that we we what what our Savior Jesus is interested in is our hearts, and he grew up in a corrupt society uh and he when he talked with the pharisees he certainly spoke to them when he talked with the sadducees he you know he called them to repentance um but the goal wasn't i'm trying to change the culture i'm trying to change your heart Mm. and obviously when enough hearts are changed the culture changes yes amen you know and and uh we certainly see that um, in, you know, as Christianity has spread into different areas, it, you know, and it's become, you know, more and more people's, uh, percentage of the people whose hearts are, are belong to Jesus, they have an, a cultural influence. And, and it is hard to see that in our country, it does seem that, uh, the gospel rain shower is moving on, uh, that, 
you know, Luther talked about that. that yeah, you know, tell, I, I think this is an important part of the story. Can you tell the, the whole context of the story? Yeah, so so the, the whole idea that if we if we don't appreciate God's word, if we don't appreciate the gospel, it, he will take the gospel to somebody else. And you kind of see that in history. The, 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 the center of Christianity has moved over the centuries from, uh, you know, Palestine area to southern Europe and then to more to northern Europe mm -hmm. and then you know over the you know couple of last couple of centuries America has become kind of the 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 strength of the Christian church as far as sending out missionaries now honestly Africa is probably the the strength of the Christian church and the growing church is in Asia mm -hmm. uh, if we don't love it God will say okay you know, kind of, you'd mentioned that Romans yeah, passage. One. Yeah. I, I'm going to punish sin with sin. Uh, I'm going to just take that word of, word of God away from you. And, you know, I, I don't want to be doom and gloomer about our nation, but just recognizing uh, our culture is shifting more and more away from Christ. Uh, it's interesting. I'm going to be talking about this uh, this weekend in my message that you don't need a culture that is Christian right. to be a loving mom. Right. You know, and make an impact on your family for generations. It's wonderful if it is, uh, but you have a savior who's working through you. Um, but all right, this is the world that we live in. Uh, and, you know, people will be looking for, like you say, looking for a solution. And really, the solution is Lord, change my heart and then use me as a tool to change other people's hearts, the people that I have some kind of influence over, uh, that's what will really help our nation over the long term. Yeah. That's yeah. my political stand. There you go. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I, I, I appreciate that. It's, it's getting, it's getting it back, particularly for Christians. And in the, in this quest question with Christianity and, and Judaism, as you mentioned, there's messianic Jews, there's, there's Jewish people who practice the customs of the Jewish faith who believe in what Christ has done, basically the New Testament. And, and that's that's interesting. But keep the main thing the main thing. It's about a heart, not a nation. Right. And enough hearts. I, I appreciate the way you said it. When there's when enough hearts change. And by the way, we maybe pastor us up here a little bit, but there, there is this tendency, uh, you know, in Christianity, and, and we talked about, you know, uh, within different denominations, um, all of them have their strengths and their weaknesses. When, if the Bible truly is the foundation of it, all of them will have their strengths and weaknesses. And, but, but there is in in the American Christian Church. This it probably comes from our American individualism. Like I can change anything. I can do it. I can, and so we've got to get people to change. And we don't do that. So uh, how does God use me then to change the heart of somebody else? And who actually does the changing? Yeah. You know, th this is part of why I, I love this mission statement that we stumbled across. We bring every person within our area of influence closer to Christ. Um, that uh, we by every action we take, every word we speak, can either be a little Jesus to somebody 
or be somebody who repels people from Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so that, you know, it, it's everything that I say and do. Uh, and I just want them to, to see Jesus more clearly, but I cannot work that miracle of faith in their hearts. All I can do is say, hey, I, I, I have a friend that I'd like you to meet, you know, by the way that I speak and the, by the way that I act. Right. And and I, you know, I think about it like every time I, I go out to eat, uh, I'm going, all right, uh, my server probably has figured out that that I'm a pastor from some conversation that this person overheard. I better tip very generously because I want them to think these Christians are very generous people. I do. I, I mean, it just comes down to you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a couple extra bucks on the on the tip. Yeah. Right. Because I want I want them to know that yeah that God, our God is generous, and so I want to reflect the generous God. Right. Yeah. Um. I I probably won't be able to find it now, but there is a great C.S. Lewis quote. Um, that he talked about that all of us, um, that, that one of the things that was kind of, as he was, as God was working on his heart, again, uh, very much what we had talked a little bit about, you know, this apathetic, you know, not really connected. It's a, you know, it's a God up there, but as God got a hold of his heart, it just continued to work through him, through his friends. His conversion is really, really interesting. We did a deep dive with this with Awaken Alive, uh, and there's a movie called the C.S. Lewis movie. But they they brought up one of his quotes. And I'm going to get it wrong. I'll put it in the show notes. Uh, but this idea that all day long, um, we are helping people to one of two ends, in which if you could see them in glory, you would be tempted to worship them. Or else so repulsive and so basically destroyed that you 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 couldn't bear to be in their sight and our all our life we are helping one another to one of those two places <laughs> it's like and i mean he, he artistically put it a little bit better but i i went wow yeah that my thoughts and actions um are showing them a jesus or and and on a path in which again if we could see each other in glory we can't even really know. And yet you get glimpses of what the de- total depravity of mankind might somewhat look like when you see our, our, our headlines and you see the, the travesties that we call it being inhuman to one another. Um, so you get some sense of what both of these could happen. Um, but yeah, we don't do the saving though. And that's, I, I guess maybe uh, speak a little bit of comfort because one of my concerns is of course, the guilt that comes with when people have seen me as a Christian and they know me as a Christian and I'm swearing or uh, I've, I've done something that I, I, and it just, it does not reflect on the name of Jesus well at all. And so am I helping that person to hell? Uh, and of course now I'm, I'm taking on board stuff that's not mine to take on, but boy, is there a temptation to live in guilt or pride? Yeah. Um, where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. Mm-hmm. Romans chapter five. Go out, look outside the pig barn again, yeah. and appreciate that somebody else has come and taken all of that stuff away. Yeah, uh, I used this story a few episodes yeah. ago. Uh, it's one of my episodes. I have not forgotten. You have to put that in a sermon one of these days. 
Yeah. So, so as a farm boy, uh, cleaning out the pig pen at the county fair, uh, the bigger the pile uh, of manure, the more you appreciated that somebody else was going to take it away. And God in his grace fine tunes our conscience and allows us to see things that probably other people wouldn't see. The devil wants to use that fine-tuned conscience to destroy us by overwhelming us with guilt. Look at all of that stuff, stuff yeah. on you. Uh, you. You guys can figure out what I really want to say. Yeah. But God's purpose is so that you appreciate God sees all of that and more, the stuff that you don't even see. And he still, in his grace, forgives you. Mm -hmm. Romans 5.20, where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. Yeah. God uses it all. Jeffrey had mentioned that uh, even in, in, our, in our sin or the sin of other people against us, that one of the things for us to remember is that God is still working something good for our ultimate good even when it, it's sin, that he still takes that and he works it into something good. Um, so don't don't be, if you haven't um, always reflected Jesus well to your kids or to your neighbors or to your coworkers. Um, and you haven't because you're sinful. Correct, yes. Uh, when, and when you're aware of it, which is when it really, it's like sometimes we've done something that we really are aware of when we know mm -hmm. it. But to, to, like you said, claim again, the grace that God has had and then, enjoy share that forgiveness with other people and let that light shine so in essence the uh, the question why doesn't jewish religion recognize jesus as a messiah uh it's largely for the same reasons any other reason any other religion doesn't recognize jesus as the messiah even though, though the muslims will talk about jesus some in a positive way the jewish people will uh secular philosophers and atheists will speak about jesus in a positive way but just do not see him as a Messiah. And Christian, be careful that we don't slip into those patterns in which we no longer uh, call him Lord, uh, but maybe genie. Uh, mm. Got the power, make my life better. Right, right. Good. Any closing thoughts then on these two questions? Uh, I thought you summarized them very well, but the, that, that whole idea of yes, uh, let us claim the name of Jesus. He is the Lord who saves. And the fact that you and I can say that is a miracle. Let us never give up on sharing that grace of God with others, whether they be of the Jewish faith or, you know, people that we just feel like are far away from Christ, you know, all I want to do is be Jesus to everybody that I meet. Uh, and then I'll pray that the Holy Spirit work the same miracle in their hearts as he has in mine. Amen. I love it. That's a great place to, to close for today. Um, so for all of you who are listening in, uh, we, are, we do take questions. Um, our contact information uh, is going to be in the show notes for um, YouTube and Spotify or wherever it is that you're listening into. Um, so if you've got questions that you have been always curious about and, and wanting to ask, um, let us know and, and uh, we'll have a, have a conversation around that. But 
uh, for this week. Um, I'm Mike Westendorf. This is Pastor Pete Panitsky. Uh, you're listening to great questions, great conversations, and we'll see you again next week.